Welcome to another Harmony UK podcast back in Bristol, in the heart of the historic city, right on the quayside, and next to what looks like a very old sailing ship called the Matthew. It is, in fact, a replica of the ship in which John Cabot first sailed from this city to what was then known as the New World, to to North America in 1497. And you might just be able to hear a party of schoolchildren who've gone on board. There are lots of school trips visiting uh, this particular uh, ship, as you can imagine, and it's also open to the uh, public at certain times. We are in Bristol uh, to look at the history of Barbershop here in the city and also find out what's going on right now and we're going to visit two choruses one of them the very first to be established way back in 1974 the other much newer in fact less than 10 years old just lead a one two just sing it in the in the last Harmony UK podcast, we visited our first two Bristol choruses, Avon Harmony and Bristol Fashion. Now for this one, edition 42, we've travelled to Southmead. It's in the northern suburbs, home to one of Bristol's major hospitals. And on Wednesday nights at the nearby Fonthill Primary School, it's also home to the city's oldest and most successful barbershop chorus. The Great Western Chorus was founded almost 50 years ago in 1974. Terry Barton's been singing with them since the very beginning. And along the way, he's amassed a huge hoard of medals. I think it's about 20 altogether, that's silvers and bronzes and, and 10 gold medals. Of course, being the only one in the chorus, it's been that long, then I'm the only one in the chorus who's got all, all that amount of medals because we've had so many people come in since then. And I'm told that nobody else in Babs has got 10 gold medals from singing in a, in a in single the, chorus. In the same chorus, yes, I think that's quite right, yeah. One of the lads made a, a, a paper setup with all the medals, all, all in a line on cardboard, printed them all out. He <laughs> called me out one night and just hung them up on me, and it was just a long line of medals. I felt like a Russian general. started with uh, a scratch chorus coming over from the States and I went down to listen to them down at the, because I was always interested in barbershop, seeing it in the films where a quartet suddenly appears on the street and they start singing and I love the harmonies. So I was singing in a choral society and the Melbourne's choir at the time and I went down with a couple of mates from the, the, both of those and we went down to the Vic rooms and I thought, yes, this is for me. and. We went out half time. We went out, and everybody that was interested put their name down, and we started a, a started the chorus basically from then, and we had our first meeting, and uh, Mike Charles was our director at the time. It it, it was just <laughs> he just seemed to be the the one that everybody said, yeah, you're your director, and he took it on, and. Uh, We've sort of progressed ever since from then. So the guy that looked like he most knew what he was doing, is that, is, is, is that how they chose him? I think that was the thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was the thing. So uh, he, he seemed to have the, the authority about him, and he did, actually. When, when he uh, started taking the chorus, he put a lot of discipline into the chorus, which was good, and it's more or less stayed ever since. It must have been quite difficult in those early days because you were all just trying to get the hang of it, weren't you? Oh, yeah, we were, yeah. 
some were singers and some weren't. They just came along because they liked it, the sound, and they came along. They hadn't been singing before. Um, some of us had been singing before, so it was just a case of switching styles. And uh, the the whole thing was completely different to what I'd been doing with Choral Society and uh, Melville's Choir. It was completely different. I stuck with those for a little while, and then I packed them in and just stuck with the chorus. You got into some quite difficult stuff fairly quickly. I've got a recording um, which uh, w- was shared with me of a, a, a show that Charlie Chester did in 1976. And the Bristol Chorus is on there doing the Battle right. Hymn of the Republic. Yes, yes. I was singing tenor then. For Were that. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sang tenor for about a 12 month and then uh, I found it was just <clears throat> out of my range at. But yes, that was with Charlie Chester and the Wurzels. The they, Wurzels were they there. Were on the, they were on the, yeah, it was up at... Uh, uh, up at Warwickshire, the uh, showground up there, and uh, yeah, that was great with Charlie Chester. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Barbershop Harmony Club, ladies and gentlemen. Never mind the Red Army, they don't sing better than that anywhere in the world. But good old Charlie Chester, comedian-turned-nationwide radio host, was by no means the Great Western Chorus's only brush with celebrity in those early days. They had close encounters with all sorts, actors, variety stars, even a famous high-kicking dance troupe. We did the um, Theatre Royal Jewelry Lane, we were the only amateurs on the show, and there was uh, it was for Terry Thomas' benefit because he had Parkinson's uh, and he was in a bad state, destitute. So they put on a big show for him to raise funds. We were the only amateurs on the show, and we were up there with Ronnie Corbett, Alfred Marks of all people, um, Hannah Gordon, saw uh, Barbara Windsor, Roy Castle. Oh, there was a whole host of them. All, uh, all the biggest names of their oh, day, yeah, weren't they? In yeah, variety they were, and entertainment, yeah. yeah. They were all the big names, and we were we were just in amongst them, you know, and the Tiller Girls. And, uh, yeah, the Tiller Girls, they were quite fascinating to uh, performing in the uh, green room while we were sat in there getting changed. <laughs> and we also did a show with Tiller Girls on at the Hippodrome in Bristol. Uh, and... Uh, we, we were on stage, they were dancing in front of us, we were on the risers behind tabs, and they were dancing, and the whole stage was going up and down, I thought we were going to go through. No, it was really great. Terry Barton, singer for over 48 years with Great Western. Well, having established such a reputation within Barbershop and beyond, it's not surprising that the chorus attracts singers from a wide area. In 2014, Hayden Cole was living in Plymouth, where he'd been singing with his local chorus, the Pilgrim Airs. However, he was looking for something more, and the answer seemed to lie more than 100 miles further east, along the M5. Well, I was really enjoying my time in, in the Pilgrim Airs. I started as a boy chorister back when I was young, so I, I sung a lot. But I really wanted a new challenge and uh, just a, um, the opportunity to be able to you know, learn learn more and learn from international coaches and learn from the 
from the music team we have here and uh, just to try myself out a little bit really and see if I could uh, hack it at the, at the higher level. So uh, that's uh, that was my decision. Uh, and and were, you, were you pleased with what you found? Did it live up to your expectations? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Linda's a uh, fantastic director and a, a really good coach. And uh, we had, uh, and the course was you know, quite a bit bigger then. I think lots of courses found that. I think we were about 65 at the time. Maybe we put 55 on stage. And that was the year, if people remember, we did the greatest barbershop chart. So we needed 55 people because we were all so exhausted by the end of the uptune that uh, we had no, no breath left. been your, your 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 most memorable moment i'm sure there have been a lot of memorable moments over your uh, your eight years with great western but uh, what stands out in your mind immediately orlando 2018 uh, it was july and it was about 36 37 degrees and uh, we sang white christmas in the hotel pool <laughs> to keep ourselves entertained an example from hayden cole of the ready wit and imagination which lies behind so much of the performance aspect of what the great western chorus strives to do it's pivotal. One of the things that separates Barbershop from other types of choral singing is the fact that it's a very visual art form as well. Jasper Stritt is the Great Western's performance director. Everything we do is accompanied by some kind of emotional plan or you know, visual plan, whether that's you know, a touching ballad that we want to express the emotion through or an uptune that we have some wacky choreo for that, uh, I mean, Great Western Chorus is well known for. <laughs> I, I'm intrigued how, how people end up in these posts, though. I mean, how does the chorus know and how do you know uh, that you're the right guy for, for, for this job? It happened 2019 when we were preparing for convention and we were doing A Thousand Eyes, which is just a, a crazy uptune. And we had even crazier ideas from the chorus and I kind of just started to feel this kind of affinity with the performance side. That was when I joined the performance team. Since then, I've just kind of been learning more about it. And it's just, I've realized that that's kind of how I connect with Barbershop. And I mean, when you've got a group like GWC, it's just so much fun to kind of get them to go along with your with your performance plans. And yeah. 
fun, but they do they give you support in sort of working out the plans and also getting you, you know, sort of further expertise in the post? Yeah, I mean, definitely. The chorus is, going back to A Thousand Eyes, for example, the entire set came from the chorus. It needs someone at the front to kind of stitch everything together, but the ideas that the guys come up with in, in that chorus is just, they're ridiculous, but then you get to the most kind of touching ballads and you we end up with these really great discussions about what the songs mean and they just it just kind of it, it really it has to come from the chorus i think otherwise they've got nothing to buy into they haven't got that emotional message to connect with The finale of that 2019 Babs contest-winning performance of The Night Has a Thousand Eyes, which features even more pirouetting peepers on stage than you would ever find even in the Specsavers window at Christmas. Well, one of the many people who've been captured over the years by the sheer razzmatazz which Great Western have always striven to put into their performances is their long-serving director, Linda Corcoran. Linda told me that her parents sang barbershop in Lancashire, where she grew up, and each year she would travel with them to convention. I remember being a, t being a teenager and being at convention and watching the Great Western Chorus, and I was absolutely in awe of this amazing chorus i remember they were all dressed in in white or off white you know from from head to foot um ken taylor was the was the the director mr showman he was he was just fantastic and i was on my feet in the in the auditorium watching them never dreaming for a second that i would ever you know be in the position of being the director it's quite extraordinary <laughs> changed a lot really barbershop has has changed and evolved and um, in in the way barbershop singing works so the technique of barbershop singing has has changed a lot the style of songs has changed a lot of course the size of the chorus has changed um personnel has changed i've watched people who you know with me being here for 22 years i've watched people who were in the you know, their 40s when I joined and, you know, they're either not with us anymore or they're, or they're now in their 60s and people that were in their 70s, of course, you know, it, it's 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 been a bit of a, a roller coaster. The chorus had won six gold medals when I joined them in the 80s. I joined them in the year 2000 and they wanted to get back up to the top. So, uh, and we did that in 2008. So we won the the seventh gold medal in 2008.
Does that mean that your early years there was quite a lot of pressure on you from the chorus? <laughs> well, yes, a little bit. That's, uh, that's why they wanted me there. They wanted to get back to the top and things had changed quite a bit and, uh, you know, sometimes it goes forward, sometimes it goes backwards and you've got that kind of roller coaster of every every chorus has you know so yeah it was it it was a bit pressured to, and it, i was they worked very hard and we did a lot of work and yeah 2008 we got back on on the on the gold medal stage which was lovely ladies and gentlemen contestant number 37 from bristol under the direction of linda cochran the great western cora in 2008 then we we went to represent the UK in Anaheim in 2009 and then we came back in 2010 and won it again so <laughs> it was it was fairly quick uh, we went then the following year to Kansas to on the international stage and then of course uh, it was 2000 we took a few years off uh, we exhausted actually you know, to say nothing of spending lots of money on going to America twice. So, um, yeah, we then went back in and won the gold medal again in 2015 and then again in 2017. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a fairly fast moving, really. And along that long and winding road, Linda and her chorus have forged firm friendships, not only with British barbershoppers, but also in particular with one famous American chorus. There's a long history with the vocal majority and Great Western Chorus. When the Great Western Chorus started, it was formed by a man called Mike Charles, who went and joined the, he went back to the States and joined the, for the vocal majority. And he ended up being the audition man for the vocal majority. So you couldn't get into the vocal majority without getting past Mike Charles. But in those very early days, there was a very, very close connection between the two choruses. And Jim Clancy would, would give us, you know, give us arrangements of his to sing. And there was a lot of close contact. They're a couple of years earlier than us. So they've just had their 50th now vocal majority. And of course, ours is in two years time. So, yeah, we were very close and we still are. I mean, I was emailing Jim Clancy only last week about about one of his arrangements. And so it, it was a, it was a lovely contact to have uh, for those early days of the Great Western Chorus before my time, of course. But there was a lot of support from the vocal majority to the Great Western Chorus. <laughs> 
the sound of the vocal majority from their Salute to Babs CD, which they brought over with them in 2015 when they were guests at the Babs convention in Clandidno. Well, five years later, we were all plunged into the Covid pandemic, and like so many other choruses, Great Western saw their numbers and strength depleted. They're currently working hard to recruit and to rebuild momentum. Yes. Yes, it is a struggle, and we're not on our own, I know. Um, and sadly, a few courses have gone, you know, a few, a few of the labs courses have gone. And I and I mean, the shock when Cambridge Chord Company uh, went, uh, it really was a shock and, and so, so sad, one of our top courses. And it is a struggle. And yes, we, we've suffered the same as everybody else. We kept going on Zoom and it very, very difficult. When you're the director and what you do is you direct and you listen and you fix and you work on the sound that's what you do as director and I couldn't direct and I couldn't hear them so <laughs> I couldn't do anything so I ended up being the technician or you know I ended up being the one playing the videos the old videos of back in the day playing tracks we could just sing along to with everybody muted and it wasn't pleasant. I, I don't know anybody who thought it was pleasant. I mean, we did a couple of things that we couldn't do normally on a Wednesday night. You know, we had David Wright into one of our rehearsals, talking us through one of our one of his arrangements that we were singing. We had Mark Hale talking us through one of, you know, um, how to, to work on swing song. And um, we had Rob Mance in doing stuff with us. And that's great because you can't normally have people like that dropping into your rehearsal on a Wednesday night and going out again, you know, an hour, an hour later. See ya. Well, we, we could do that. So there were some things that we managed to... We made the best of it, put it that way. And one thing, of course, it did do is it did keep the chorus together. And yet you weren't, or you decided for whatever reason, not to compete at the first Babs convention since uh, the pandemic. That must have been a very, very painful, very difficult decision to take, I should think. Yeah, you're right. It was it was a difficult decision. And and anybody who thinks a decision like that is really easy is is no, they they don't understand. It was a very difficult decision. Um and we've we've had year years off before, you know, in the past, and it's not always been very uh, unanimous, shall we say, you know, that there would be a very good reason for not competing and there might be some people that were very disappointed and some people saying, yeah, no, you're right. And But this year or this time, it was unanimous. It was very clear that we were, apart from the fact we weren't, we weren't ready to get on that stage. We really weren't ready. You know, we, we never knew we were going to have half the chorus drop out, you know, uh, with testing positive or scared or we were we were singing in masks and you know uh people you know sharing houses and house members testing positive and them you know and we never knew when that was going to happen we never knew if you had a sing out whether we'd be able to go ahead with the sing out uh, we we were struggling to book a show in case we didn't have a chorus it was it was quite difficult and so for that reason alone was enough to make us think we need to get the chorus back on track and be you know safe enough that we can actually uh, be ready to get on that stage but apart from anything else that whole getting on stage and being the great western chorus when people are expected people are expecting things from us and that is 
is quite a pressure and we want to get on that stage and do a really really good job we want to get on stage and be the great western chorus and we want people to be in the audience and excited and you know and if we can't do that then you know we we made the decision that it wasn't right but we are going next year we have already made that decision we are competing in 2023 very good news. And some new faces will be among those on stage with the chorus in Bournemouth next May. Post-pandemic, new recruits are coming forward. I'm Peter Barnes. I joined the choir about 10 months ago. Um, and I came from a background of singing in classical music choirs um, over many years, um, but decided I fancied a change. And so I actually... I. <laughs> I picked up a, a flyer in my barber's um, and uh, noted that um, they were lived. The music was just around the corner. They practiced just around the corner, so I thought I'd come along. So I came along to one of their open evenings. So you came along really not having not having heard much about barbershop, or, or had you sort of come across them in the past? I've seen barbershop. I remember once seeing it uh, down uh, at the quayside um, in the harbour festival once. Um, but that's about all, really. Um, I, yes, I had no background in barbershop whatsoever. And how have you been finding it so far? I've really enjoyed it. Now, it, it's, it's a really fun group to be singing with, um, and I'm, I'm enjoying the, the close harmony st um, work that we're doing. Rather different, isn't it, from, from, from being part of a, 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 a classical ensemble? It's very different, yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, in, uh, most of the time I've been in choirs of 80-plus, as well, so being in a group uh, of 25, 30 um, is quite a change in itself. Uh, there's nowhere to hide, um, and uh, you've got much more of a uh, an ensemble um, sound as well, which you, you're, you, you can hear much clearer than you would in a big chorus. Culturally, I suppose it's slightly different. I mean, nobody talks about ringing chords in classical music, do they really? No, they don't. Um, but you, uh, once you've sung a little bit of barbershop, you understand what they mean by that because the chords do, some of the chords do really just ring through um, in a way that, yes, you quite a lot of the time you wouldn't uh, hear in classical music. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a different style of music and it's different sound. And it's a, I have, you know, having to use my voice in a different way in, in some ways as well. Um, so I'm having to learn a lot of different things all at once. What would Bach be without a barbershop tag? The great Western chorus from their album Harmony, indulging in a bit of Bach, and before that you heard the voice of one of their newest members, Peter Silbarnes. And things are looking up too for the newest of the six Bristol choruses who meet weekly across the city. On the corner of White Ladies Road, across from the classical facade of the Victoria Rooms, stands the equally imposing Victoria Methodist Church. If you care to visit the Undercroft on a Tuesday evening, you'll hear this. Let's try that again. Bar five, verse one, eight parts. Face it, beautiful. Keep that going, keep that rumble, keep watching. Two, three, and. Oh, 
Well, let's face it, Christmas comes early for most of us who sing in choruses. And for the women and men of Bristol a cappella, it's no different. This, as you can hear, is a mixed voice chorus. And the good news is that they too are attracting new members. My name is Mark Hancock. I sing uh, bass, generally bass baritone, with Bristol a cappella. I joined the choir in February of this year, which I think makes me the first post-Covid member of the group. And what, what attracted you to Bristol Academy? My primary interest really was, was social, if you will. Uh, I've recently moved to Bristol, I needed to get out there and meet people. And um, singing is something I used to do many, many years ago, so I thought let's, let's give that a go. After that it was just a web search and, and just see which choir I found on the web appealed the most. This one seemed to jump out. And why was it then? What, what was it that appealed to you? What did, what did they do that sort of sold the chorus to you? Um, it's a, well, I'm not sure if, if this is something you've, you've been discussed with you. So there was, prior to Covid, a group associated with Bristol Acapella called All Voice. And it was very much a come along and sing, generally. It wasn't to the standard that Bristol Acapella sing to. It was more sort of, you know, just come along and enjoy yourself at um, open rehearsals. Uh, and I thought, well, that probably sounds at my level, but for COVID reasons and whatever, All Voice never really restarted. So I thought, well, okay, let's go one rung up the ladder. <coughs> Beyond that, it was just chance, I suppose. Uh, and what's the transition been like? Uh, has it been um, relatively easy to, to, to make that uh, step a little higher up the ladder, as you put it? It's been hard. It's been probably the biggest challenge I faced this year in my life, generally. Um, um, they're very good here. They sing to a very, very high standard. Some of the singers that you'll speak to tonight and listen to are outstanding. And there's other singers who aren't even here tonight who are, you know, brilliant. I don't claim to sing to that standard, but I, with some work, I think I can just about hold my own in the chorus, but I do have to work at it. My name is Suwon and I'm from Bristol and I sing uh, alto. And how long have you been singing with uh, Bristol Acapella? So about six months. Not long at all then? No, no, I'm quite new. Uh, what, what got you into this? Um, it was a bit strange because I'm big into my sports. I play a lot of netball and badminton. And in March, I got COVID and also got injured. And because of that, I was sitting at home a lot and I, I'm not very good at sitting still. And so I thought I need to find another hobby. That's not an active hobby. And I thought I'll just look up um, an acapella group because I, I used to sing a long time ago at school. And I, and I looked these guys up and I came along and then I was hooked. There are other a cappella groups available, as they sometimes say, <laughs> uh, in, in Bristol. So why, why Bristol a cappella rather than one of the others? Um, there's a few reasons. One is that the, the timing of my week worked well because I'm, I'm you know, wife and mum as well as working. So I needed to find a day that suited me. But I also felt like I quite liked the singing style here. I, quite, I, felt, I thought that people were quite friendly. Um, and the way it's all structured was made really clear to me when I first came here. It explained sort of how it all works, how you become a member, what, what the repertoire is and all of that. So yeah, I quite, I quite liked it and Two. thought I'd stay. Thankful, 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 thankful. 
Bristol a cappella's musical director is Ian Hallam. He's also the man who founded the chorus nine years ago. Before that, he directed student singers at the University of Bristol Barbershop Society. So why was there, I asked him, a need for yet one more chorus in the city? Uh, this chorus was needed because um, I looked around. We'd been singing barbershop and various other a cappella parts at the university. I looked around the uh, sort of landscape and I was missing the mixed voices. So um, I resolved really to start a mixed chorus. Back in 2007 was the one at the university and then we came along in 2013 um, to do something slightly different. Uh, lots of the other choruses do really traditional barbershop music, lovely, and they do very up-to-date stuff, but um, we have in our mission that we are to sing uh, songs from the latter half of the 20th century and the 21st century, so we don't sing a lot of the old barbershop repertoire, but we do still count ourselves as a barbershop chorus. So no, no polecats, no farewell my Coney Island baby, none of that? No Sweet Adeline? None of that, no, it's not in our repertoire, but we do sing the, um, the more modern songs and uh, lots of contestable ones that have come out from various arrangers over the years who've uh, looked at that repertoire of songs and gone there's a rich scene there that we can plunder and sing. Some people might say you're trying to have your cake and eat it because you're trying to be barbershop but by at the same time sort of getting rid of the basic barbershop canon where barbershop came from can can you really do that? I don't think we're getting rid of where barbershop came from. We are we're still a load of amateurs who sing together in four-part harmony most of the time. We love the lush chords of the eight-part stuff, but four-part is the main part of our repertoire. And um, we do still sing with our second part as the um, melody, and we harmonise around that in the same way the barbershoppers do. Um, so I think we are... If, if we've jettisoned some of the songs, we're still very much um, aficionados of the style. Does that mean that everything that you do then is basically TTBB in terms of arrangement, or do you do some SATB stuff as well? We do a very wide range of arrangements, actually. We, um, we take some of the TTB songs or SSAA songs, and then we um, revoice them into SATB, but still pitching that melody in the second part, the bass is doing the fifths and roots and uh, getting the usual barbershop harmony. But then we also do some quite modern a cappella things, but as long as they're in the harmony style, we love those chords and we love ringing those chords. So we've got eight parts, we've got six parts, we've got a mash-up with um, Bastille and um, Pompeii and various other songs from uh, the pop um, world all mashed up into one. I'm just wondering whether that it, it's a little confusing sometimes for singers to work out quite where they are because I, I was watching you there and you were, you were talking about altos and then you were talking about leads and tenors and I thought, what's going on here? What's, what, what's the framework for all of this? So normally we talk about um, SATB, Sopranos, Altos, Tenor, Basses, those are our sections. Um, we have a song at the moment where we happen to need a bit of reinforcement on the tune, so we've got a couple of leads as well. But normally our terminology is very much in the SATB mould and those leads are just for one song at the moment. D but do people, for example, do altos? who might be alto in an SATB then know that they, they go to uh, lead or baritone or whatever it might be in a, in, in a TTB song. 
Uh, it, we make sure that our music always says SATB at the top, and if right. we have um, a TTBB score, we'll just make sure that on the um, copy that goes out to the uh, musicians, it says SATB at the start, so that they always know where they're starting off. Do, do you feel that you're, you're in, in barbershop terms, are you still pioneering? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you breaking new ground here, or has that ground now been pretty well broken and covered in the past 10 years? I think um, most choruses are breaking new ground. The, 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 the art, art form is always evolving, and uh, we take songs that um, sometimes might not have been done outside in barbershop before and bring them into the fold. But we do a lot of songs that have been um, seen on the international stage, that have been done by a lot of modern arrangers. Aaron Dale is one of our favourites, um, and take these sort of songs that are from that second half of the 20th century and really uh, ring the chords in them. What's your relationship like then with the other Bristol choruses? Because you are the only at the moment. I mean, the, the Bristol mix brings everyone together, I know, but you're the only sort of um, 24-7, 365 days a year um, mix chorus in, in, in the city. Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, we've been around um, longer than the Bristol mix, but we are the youngest of the um, regular choruses. And um, we work with the other choruses, so some of our members have joined the Bristol mix. Um, the directors always walk, work together and talk together about what's going on and how we can work better as a group together. So um, it, it's a good relationship with the other choruses. I used to sing with Great Western, I'm not at the moment, but um, we're a big community uh, and sometimes each bit has got its own little thing to do, um, but we all come together in the sort of spirit of barbershop at the end of the day. And, and what's your ambition for the chorus at the moment? We've got a vision. We've got a vision. <laughs> um, it, we, we spent a long time working through what our ambitions were for the chorus and making sure that we had outcome goals that we can work towards, but also process goals so that we are having a good time along the way, making sure our members are really on board with what we're doing. And um, our vision is to become known as a premier mixed chorus in the southwest of England. Um, and I think we're working towards that goal, but uh, everything we do has to build on that vision, really. Alum looking to the future with Bristol a cappella, building on a style of barbershop in which the chorus has played a pioneering role. Contestant number one from, from Clifton, Bristol, and under the direction of Ian Hallam uh, and Ray Miller. Bristol, Bristol a cappella. Sarah Holland um, and yeah and I'm Vicky Sterling and you are you are original members of, of Bristol Acapella is that right? Correct yes. yes we've been here since October 2013 October 1st yes it was the first yes nine years nice and round I like almost it. to the day yeah almost yeah. Did, did you have a party to celebrate not this year but we're hoping to have one next year 
Eventually, uh, the first mixed chorus competition was held for the um, Barbershop World. Um, we were the first chorus to cross the stages. We were. Wow. And we were both there, weren't we? Yes. What was that like? <laughs> Quite something. Definitely a different experience. I mean, I've competed with other choirs in different competitions, and this was, this was definitely a different experience. I've got getting to watch some of the choruses the day before was really, really amazing. What was the reaction from other barber shoppers? Because there, were, there, there was a, a large men's chorus um, and there were, there, were, there were, what, four women's choruses. Uh, did they welcome you with open arms? Did they flock to join or did they say, this will never work? It was very mixed. <laughs> there, I think there was certainly a large proportion of people that went, this will never work. Um, there are or used to be, it's grown over the years, but there certainly used to be a lot of people in the barbershop world that were very much, you know, men's as men's, women's as women's, the voices won't work together. And we walked on stage along with the other choruses that day and we hope we proved them wrong, considering where Mixed Barbershop is now. I think we did. We definitely did, because the... <laughs> There is the, the competition for mixed chorus is now growing and growing. The quartet started up as well. Yes. Um, and we're just proving that we're all just one voice. Do you still have something to prove, do you think? Insofar as any barbershop chorus does. You know, it, it's still a case of singing together, whether it be barbershop style or any other style, is a skill, a passion, something that you have to work on. So maybe not to the barbershop world as a whole, but certainly as a chorus, we want to prove that we can be the best that we can. We want to keep striving for that. I, I'm intrigued though, I mean, if, if, if mixed barbershop singing had not existed, do you think either of you would have joined a women's chorus? There was every chance that I would have. I was definitely looking for something to fill my time at the time, um, and this kind of level, like this high quality, occasionally competing level, it, it was really important to me. I needed something outside of work to define myself. I don't know that I would have. Certainly not barbershop anyway. Um, I, I had recently moved back to Bristol at the time that we started up in 2013, which is why I kind of went, oh, I'm back in Bristol, Ian's doing a thing, let's go do the thing. Um, but had Ian not been doing that, I think I actually would have started leaning towards a wind orchestra because I also play saxophone. All right. So, you know. So you'd been playing rather than singing? I mean, I still play. Um, I'm actually playing with a local amateur dramatic canto this year and play in their band every couple of years, which is great fun. I don't play as often as I should, though. Tempted to say, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> Vicky Sterling, whose voice might have been lost to Barbershop had it not been for Bristol's first mixed-voice chorus. As it is, Vicky, Sarah Holland and all their fellow singers will be joining all seven Bristol choruses for a mammoth Barbershop show on November the 19th. Uh, the names of those choruses again? So let me remember the, how many are right. We've got so we have the Great Wrestling Chorus, Avon Harmony, Fascinating Rhythm, Bristol Fashion, Black Sheep, Bristol Acapella, and the Bristol Mix. That's Seven. Hey. <laughs> Hayden Cole of Great Western is one of the organisers of that November show. We're really looking forward to it as a celebration of 
of barbershop and of companionship um it was born out of the pandemic uh, like many other things were unfortunately we couldn't hold it last year because of um uh, some financial restrictions so we we postponed it a whole year because we, we thought we need that time uh, to work out what was going on so no we're really looking forward to uh, six barbershop choruses um and then also uh the bristol mix so seven barbershop choruses in total so we've got really strong links with the other choruses, uh, lots of friends uh, in those and you know, some relationships within the chorus as well and quartets. Um, so, and lots of ex-members too. So we're really looking forward to just showing the stage. And at Bristol Acapella, MD Ian Hallam agrees that the show is a milestone. I think that um, with the other choruses, it's really good that we are getting together to promote some working together as well. The Bristol mix is great, but it's an audition chorus. It does its own songs. And the idea that we can come together as uh, six other choruses in Bristol and work together and work on joint projects like this is really an important one for me. Um, I'm hoping that we do more development together, do socials and all that kind of thing in the future. That would be um, my ideal. And so being able to showcase each chorus for a little time in that concert is really important to me. And that is almost it from this Harmony UK podcast. Save to remind you that tickets are on sale for the big Bristol Barbershop Bonanza. 7.30pm at St Michael's Centre on Saturday, November the 19th. They cost £12 for adults, £5.50 for children, and you can buy them online at Ticket Source. My grateful thanks to all those from Great Western and Bristol a cappella. Uh, next time, we'll be meeting the Black Sheep Harmony Chorus and Fascinating Rhythm. Till then, we'll play out with this recording from the Bristol a cappella rehearsal of Seven Bridges Road. Thank you for listening. From me, John Beasley. Bye-bye.